here on Medulla Ranch, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be castrating a lot of foals. Have you ever castrated foals before in your life? Well, sir, I can't say I have, but I still think uh, I'm a good fit for this here job. Uh, what can you tell me? What attracts you to castrating foals here at Medulla Ranch? Um, I love hearing the foals screaming. Oh, you're a yeah. scream boy, yeah. are you? We got lots of scream boys on the court. Lots of people who are in it for the screams. Yeah, you might Where, you might hear it in the background right now. I love screaming. Um, I love hearing screaming. I love doing screaming. So you might, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, at my previous place of work, it was slightly frowned upon for me to also scream uh, while mm. I did the castrating. How uh, many scream boys were at your last job? I was the only only scream boy. You were the only scream boy there. Well, I'll tell you, you'll find a union, a retinue of scream boys here at Medulla Ranch. Hmm. You'll be in good company. You'll be well taken care of. What was your last job? Uh, I worked at the weed store. You were working at the weed store, and you were just, you were doing your scream boy ways? You were yeah, trying to make well, people scream? I was, I was castrating goats at the weed store. Um, you were castrating goats at when the it weed got, store. When it got quiet. I would pick up some work castrating goats and screaming as a scream boy. And they didn't like that I would bring the goat blood back into the store. And it was making the weed customers a little bit like um, it, it, it harsh. Oh, so you were castrating the goats outside of the store. Out, right outside the store. Right. It, that, and that's you weren't doing it inside. You were being sanitary. Yeah, but the whole I mean, I, I, did, I admit I tracked some blood in. Tracked um, some blood in a little. Well, you know. Here, that's not a problem. But the blood uh, just goes down the sluicing the sluicing floor, oh, the, and, and you know it travels you, right into the mouths of our babes. Oh, you know? you, but yeah, you collect it for pudding. We collect it for pudding. <laughs> Absolutely, just like my father Asa did, and his yes, father, father before Asa. him, Jehoshaphat. Mm -hmm. And his father. That's how I'm. That's how I met excuse, you. That's excuse, how I know you. Excuse me. His father before him, Jehoram. And uh, his, yes, Jehoram. Ex yeah. Excuse me. And his father before him, Isaiah. Isaiah, and the Isaiah, founder of our town. And his father before him, Jotham. And Jotham before him, Ahaz. Ahaz is, of course, the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Amon. Amon, the father of Josiah. And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah. Right. That's a beautiful lineage. That's a beautiful lineage you have. You have Zerubbabel, to me. the father of Abihud. Abihud, the father of Eliakim. Eliakim. Of course, Eliakim. I love that right. Jew. Of course, the father love of that Azor. Yeah. You know, when you go back to all of us are Jews, you know. Right. We all came from Judaica. Um, a good one here is Nashon, the father of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz. Mm -hmm. I think my mic's too hot. In this interview, who set this up? You think you're who set who set this up? Well, this was set up high. by Vice News. It was it's it's doing a quirky a quirky documentary about the world of castrating. So I gave you my castrating foals. My family background. Uh, this is a family farm. I'm here. What yeah. uh, what does uh, here the name of this here family farm? Well, this is Medulla Ranch, and that's named for my uncle Harvey Medulla, mm -hmm. who started it along with several young boys that he picked up along the interstate. Uh, who, they were hard workers, three of them scream boys, wow. four of them taunt, taunting boys, <laughs> the scream boys and the taunting boys, you That's know, a good match. they got along well with each other, yeah. you know, they, they, it was, it was a closed ecosystem. It's a good match. And so he, match. him and these boys started this ranch and, 
you know, people are squeamish about castrating voles, and you're like, give them to me. I got scream boys. I got taunting boys. I got uh, hooked knives. I have my collection of hooked knives, and I'm ready to sink it into some tiny foal penises. You don't have to... That's You shouldn't be doing anything with the penises. They need those to pee. You just do the balls when you castrate. No, no, that's the, the medulla ranch way. Oh, no. you, you split them down the middle. No <laughs> oh, fooling. No. That's no fooling. That's animal abuse. No, no, that's people love our our foals. They're they're well bred. They know they they're prepared for the harshness of the world because of our way. And now, so you can do whatever you want to them. What kind of an animal them. is a foal? It's like a it's like a it's got a long snout of some kind. It's yeah, a foal what a foal is is that's an old horse. Okay, I am blind, so I can't I don't actually know what any of these animals look like. So you have to That's kinda... fine. So by by feel what you're going to want to feel is you're going to want to feel several several cylinders. What a foal feels like mm. is several cylinders suspended in space. Okay. <laughs> can can you picture that in your blind mind? <laughs> um yeah, so let me see. So so it's got cylinders for legs. And yep, a cylinder cylinders for, for a legs, body. Yeah. Big and, cylinder for a body. And then a cylinder for a head, and then a smaller cylinder as the snout. There you go. You're picturing it beautifully. It's just a series of cylinders. That's how they teach you to draw, I was actually seeing. That's, well, that's good for you as a blind man. Yeah, I do, I do a lot of drawing. You do a lot of drawing as a blind man. You paint your blind mind's eye. You, <laughs> yeah, if you use textured paints, you can do it. I'm sure you could. I'm sure there's a blind painter out there. Somewhere on YouTube is blind man paints. Hey, this isn't the YouTube episode. Get back to no, two weeks ago. YouTube is everything. YouTube encompasses all everything shall be put on the internet. Andy Warhol was right. He was a genius. Wait, he was an asexual genius. Andy Warhol said something about the internet? I'm sure he said. All of his quotes were about the internet. He was uh, when he was saying, "Hey, can I see your penis?" That was that was a quote about well, the David internet. Well, David Bowie gave a bunch of interviews about the inter internet where he was like, "You know, I really think it's going to be the place that everyone goes on the internet for in the future." It's and going like to a be genius. a savage and wonderful place. It's going to be a place that where many young Bowies can flourish. Mm. And then he uh then he just died of cancer. Died the cool of thing cancer. about his death was the album he put out about his death right before his death. Yeah, that's cool. It was cool. I like that a lot. It's a good album. Everybody likes Black Star. That's a good album. Among it is Us a good doesn't album. like Black Star. Ah, I would listen yeah. to it again. I listen Especially to it Especially for Latter day Bowie, because, you know, those 90s albums are pretty eh. People want to rehabilitate them, but I'm like, yeah, I don't care for them. Yeah, they're little not. Little Wonder, Little Wonder, yo. I am David Bowie, and I like techno music. <laughs> I'm I'm like an I'm like uh, Trent Reznor. I I wanted to say a gay Trent Reznor, but Trent Reznor is extremely gay. There is an extremely homoerotic quality to Nine Inch Nails music. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, gay people love Nine Inch Nails. That's fine. They, but you, it's you know mesh shirts. Are you saying it's a bad thing? No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying I applaud. I applaud Trent Reznor for being a, a queer straight man. Yeah, hard, he, he's a, got, he, he wears hard. Man. He's got hard nipples, and he's got a mesh, a black mesh shirt, and he's he's very wet. Yeah, uh, and he's like into body fascism, and what's he's that? like, oh, uh, you know, just being just. 
I trained at this point in the day, and you know, in the same way that Henry Rollins is into body fascism. You mean like being into lifting weights, like really, really into lifting weights? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, but having like, uh, having like emotionally angry reactions to not having a good body. Mm. I'm just speculating into. I don't know what Trent Reznor thinks. I'm sure he's fine, but he seems like he seems like a guy with gym dysmorphia. You know, one of those guys with gym dysmorphia. Yeah, he he used to be cooler than he is now. Really? I I think so. He was, I don't know. He reacted correctly to Marilyn Manson. Uh, He hates Marilyn Manson? After working with Marilyn Manson, he told everyone he could that he was like, this guy's a fucking creep. Stay away from him. Mm. That is the correct reaction. I like Marilyn Manson's music, at least the the one album. You like the album produced by Trent Reznor, probably. Probably. Is that the one with the beautiful people? The beautiful yeah. people? <laughs> that song is great. I like that video by Floria Sigismondi, um, shot in Toronto. I Did we mention this on the show about how Brian from Street Fight Radio, in all seriousness, was, like, really upset about Marilyn Manson because... He was really upset about... Oh, that's so sad. Because he said, um, he was like, I used to defend that guy because I thought his songs were, like, some of the best rock songs ever written. <laughs> you can def- I like... There's lots of music. I mean, not to get onto this this old topic again, but plenty of rapists have made compelling art, you know? Okay, but I don't think... I mean, I, I, I kind of like Marilyn Manson, but for me, it's like, okay, take it or leave it type of thing. I don't have to I, listen to that music anymore at all. I think, I think with Marilyn Manson, too, a lot of people ascribed a certain intellectualism, and they actually did sort of think of him as, like, because there's that period, like, after Bowling for Columbine came out, and people are like, he's so smart. He's, 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 he knows things, mm-hmm. you know? He's surprisingly well-mannered behind the shock rock. And so I think there is like a group of people that actually took him as some sort of, not necessarily a role model, but someone who's like knows things and is like worth listening to. And once you find out that, oh, that person who you thought was worth listening to, well, that guy rapes. Yeah, he, in a way, he kind of makes me think of Howard Stern. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe Did it's Howard just Stern you said, rape? Well, that's that's uh, let's uh, let's not let's not say that. Allegedly, Howard Stern has not raped anyone, no, and allegedly I don't think he, he's, he has as well. He's he he has allegedly both done and not done. He's in a state of neutrality. There you go. There um, you go. No, I I can't I can't think of any significant allegations against Howard Stern. Uh, but I can't think of any sig- insignificant allegations either, or or the, or the reverse, go. or the opposite, or the undercurrent. Maybe that's everybody. We've maybe we all could have potentially raped somebody. We're all in a state of allegations in one way or yeah, another. Exactly. Everyone's alle- allegating each other yeah. all the time. I, I am alleged to be a good parent. Yeah, I don't. I, am I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, Stephen, you're good. Uh, okay, you're good. you can. You'll, you'll see when I unleash this terror upon the world. Your 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 daughter is your daughter is going to be somebody who posts bad RoboCop opinions she's online. Gonna, she's gonna, yeah, she's going to say I didn't understand RoboCop, so I turned it <laughs> off halfway through. <laughs> and a bunch of a bunch of guys are going to get mad. Yeah, no RoboCop. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love RoboCop. It's a good movie. It's okay. It's nice. 
It seems like a nice movie. I watched it. It was shot in uh, Las Colinas, Texas. Las Colinas, which Texas. is a, a, a part of Irving, Texas. Where in Irving, Texas is where I went to middle and high school. Mm. Wow! Wow! There's fun facts about you. Fun facts, Irving, Texas, deep in the heart of Texas. Um, get really good burgers there. They get really good barbecue. You can get good burgers there, but good burgers are very ubiquitous. Yeah. That's we got cows all up and down. Oh, my God, Texas. I want to go to Texas one day. Do you miss it ever? No. I don't. <laughs> Sorry. It sucks there. I don't care. I don't, like... What did you like about the, uh, I mean, what do you, uh, why is it so bad? It's just desolate? Um, it's cultureless, in Dallas at least. And so everyone's uh, like, go to Austin if you want the culture. And it's like, ew. that's not really real culture. Yeah. That's that's a bunch of, well, that's okay. a bunch of weird shit. In the 90s, it, it was, you know, there, you... You could have your Richard Linklater-esque times in Austin. And you mm -hmm. could have your, your weirdo, uh, you know, 90s gentrifiers or whatever type people. Mm -hmm. And that, they, were, they were, I guess, genuinely weird. And Daniel what about Johnson San Antonio? genuinely weird. But yeah. Were they, though? Richard Linklater's not that weird. Texas doesn't have a lot of towns Butthole where surfers were like, weird. people are living in close quarters, except I think in Houston, like how they do in other places. So if anyone wants to hang out, you have to like drive. Mm -hmm. And it kind of places a damper on the culture to have to drive everywhere. That is true of many cities in America. That's true of L.A. You ever been to L.A.? No, thank goodness. Never been to L.A. That's it. It's like it was my experience of being in L.A. was like you remember, you know, the Pixar movie Cars. Mm -hmm. It's a post-apocalyptic universe where the entire world is made for cars. Yeah, that's what L.A. is. You that know? sounds fun. Humans have been discarded. Now there are only cars. What happened? But to I would the like humans? to do that. Hmm? What happened to the humans? Well, we merged with the cars. We we entered our car body. That's what the movie Titan is about. Titan? Did you see Titan? Julie de Cornau's Atan? Uh, Titan? Titan? No. It's, Titan! Are, are you making it up? No, that's a movie. T I T A N E. I'm sorry, I should have pronounced it Titan. Titan. And it's it's about a how very good movie. Humans and cars have merged. Well, in a way, it's about so it's about a lady. As a little girl, she's in a car accident and she gets a metal plate put in her head. Mm -hmm. uh, you flash forward to adulthood, and she is a dancer at car shows, and she dances erotically on the cars, mm -hmm. but she's really into it. And mm -hmm. there's like uh, lots of sequences in the movie where it's just they play a full song, and it's just almost like a music video sequence occurs, but it's shot really well, and it's very vibrant and colorful. Uh, so you're drawn to it. Uh, so she starts dancing up on the machine. Then it turns out in her spare time, she's a serial killer. <laughs> and there's one scene where she's trying to kill people at, in a house and they just keep coming. And it's very common. And it's all because she's uh, mentally ill. Uh, Stigmatizing I, yes. the mentally ill yes, once it's again. it's about the mentally ill. It's about how the French people hate the mentally ill and judge them harshly. Oh, it's a French movie? 
The French movie. Yeah, it's very French movie. They hate they hate le wokisme. Le wokisme. Le wokisme. Le wokisme. Je n'aime pas le wokisme. <laughs> les oh Américains, non, non, non. ils vont pas faire tout les bonnes choses quand je le vois pas en France. Comme le wokisme. Euh, je suis Voltaire. <laughs> je ne sais pas le wokisme. Vokisme. Et pourquoi Vokisme. pas pour, pour passer à ah, la Bastille. Nois, hein, We are storming Bastille. the Bastille because of Wokes. Wokeness. The Wokisms. <laughs> Wokisms. Oh. La France. La France n'est pas la Wokisme. No, La France. That is why we still have Blackface Santa. Wokisme. They have Blackface Santa? No, no. That's what am I thinking? I'm thinking of the Netherlands. I'm thinking of Zwart Pete in, in the Netherlands. Oh. <laughs> They have Black Pete? Pete? And yeah, he's a racist character in the in the history of Netherlands Christmas celebrations. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about the uh, the Netherlands on a show a couple shows back? I think we did we talk have. about the Netherlands? Think, about what in the Netherlands? I think I was talking about how their history is crazy. But how is their history crazy? It's I I then looked it up and I I don't know. They they just it's not that crazy. they were controlled by Spain for a long time and then they united and blah blah blah. They became the Dutch republics and oh then they invented capitalism, right? Oh, that's no good. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy thing to do. They they, they did the Dutch East India Company, Ooh, and then the British, that's one of the big ones. The British were like, "Wow, look at that!" <laughs> oh my God, you could do that! Oh, seriously, yeah. might have been a lady. A lady queen at the time? Yeah. I don't know. All you have to do is uh, stick knives into black people and the uh, coins come out like Mario. Wow. We're going to have to get back Dutch to the East Bible after, you, after that. Um, so Azor is the father of Zadok. Azor is, the, of course. Zadok's the father of Akim. My favorite magic Akeem, card. Akim, the father of Elihud. 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 Elihud, the father of Eleazar. El, right. Eleazar, the father of um, uh, Matan. Definitely. Matan, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Joseph. And Joseph, the stepdad of Jesus. Okay. And that's where we all come from. Thus, there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David. 14 from David to the exile of Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Mm -hmm. You can see the importance of numbers. 14, 14, 14. Mm -hmm. 14 is a very important number because that's the age when uh, the, the pussy is best. <laughs> Ah, le wokisme! No, le wokisme! No, they're censoring my jokes about young pussy! No, 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 folks, no, don't. <laughs> I, I am not Roman Polanski. I don't endorse that. I'm not Chris Delia. I'm not an important comedian. I'm not an important comedian like Chris Delia, who has been silenced too soon just for speaking the truth. Everybody's speaking the truth. What do you think is the, the profession which speaks the most truth? Insurance Canada. companies. There you go. Is they see the world how it really is. They're the ones who tell you what the bill is. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, like, that def that medical procedure definitely costs 
forty thousand dollars and the hospital is like <laughs> definitely <laughs> oh my god you're so right that's what i was gonna say yeah do we think it might cost fifty thousand dollars Ooh. Ooh, yeah because there is the there is the mcnaughton clause yeah <laughs> But think about the McNaughton clauses. You're going to have to add another $10,000 onto that hernia. I love insurance companies. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that about starting to pretend that I still am an insurance guy. Because mm-hmm. my boss printed, my former boss from two years ago had me made a bunch of business cards and it says account executive on them. Mm-hmm. So... I can go around pretending to be an insurance account executive now. Okay, yeah. And I can probably do insurance fraud with that. Um, you should start your own insurance company. Yeah. If anyone so, tries to claim anything, you buy a bunch of lottery tickets, you're fine. Well, see, you know? <laughs> the problem is that I uh, my license to sell insurance lapsed, much like uh, your law license lapsed. So we were yes. just a couple of useless we're ronin we're, we're like, professional ronin yeah that's what we are we're not goobers we're ronin yeah exactly yeah. we're ex-professionals like leon the the professional yeah L- leon the ex-professional oh, no, oh, no, 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 no they will no, not allow natalie portman natalie because Portucci, of the natalie, uh, 14. Oh. <laughs> you cannot get away with natalie portman today <laughs> If you are a fast because of Lomokisma, you know it is like in the Bible says it is 14, 14 and 14. <laughs> this is what the Catholics interpret as the perfect age for Natalie Portman. <laughs> Leon Leon let his assassin's license lapse. Yeah. And now he's just drinking beers in an apartment because and because of Lomokisma. Because of Wokisma. They canceled me because of Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think the director. Uh, the Luke director Be- was actually a pedophile? Luc Besson. Oh, Luc Besson? Oh, he, he did direct that. Too. Isn't he a little. Uh... Did he get Did he get called out for some? I love his movies. I love Fifth Element. I watched that just the other day. Did you see his more recent sci-fi um uh, what was it called? Gadolinium? No, it was called Vesper. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> here we go. Weird. Here's a little, little tidbit about Luc Besson. Besson's second wife was actress and director Maiwen Lubesco, whom he started dating when he was 31 and she was 15. Ah, uh, Natalie Portman! <laughs> Le Wokisma! <laughs> they got married when she was 16. And then... When she was 17, she gave birth to their daughter, so... Mm. It's a reverse Macron. It's what we call a reverse Macron. Wow, he was briefly married to Mila Jovovich. Wow, that's amazing. And then the Resident Evil guy got her, and he's not a pedophile. The Resident Evil guy is really an amazing husband, you know? Yeah. He's, he's, uh, that is the general consensus about him is that he's the best wife guy in the world. You know, look at my mm-hmm. wife. I'm going to put her in all these movies. I love her so much. She's so beautiful. <laughs> 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 yeah, everybody well, loves is. Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah. 
She is. So he, yeah. And he's made at least two uh, genuinely. I, I was going to say genuinely good, but I don't know. I still enjoy them. I like Event Horizon and Mortal Kombat. What about Death Race? <laughs> Do you like Death Race? Well, I've never seen Death Race, actually. It's got um, it's got Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Hey, now listen here. You're going to get in my trunk. And then we're <laughs> going to go to the fart store. <laughs> we're going to go to the fart store. Uh, don't like you talking to bays, so don't like you fingering them in the ass. All right. Now, what the man said was if I don't breathe farts for five hours each day, I lose all my strength and my it might become impotent. It's like, uh, yeah. it's like instead of crank, it's called fart. <laughs> it's called farts. <laughs> uh, no, I need to keep inhaling farts all across the city. I'm getting into so many comical situations where I'm in Highland farts. In a world where Jensen Garner has to breathe farts, will he make it out to save his daughter? Right, I'm breathing farts. Bruv, <laughs> I'm gonna breathe your farts right now. Um, what are you doing? Wait, what wait, are wait, you wait, doing? Wait. I don't want you to breathe my farts. Wait, wait, wait. I'm you gonna get... breathe your farts. Who's the guy that you would get for a sidekick who'd have the worst farts? Is it... He would have the worst farts. Like, he's desperate for farts. He's desperate to smell farts. No, But no, he's no. got he's, his partner, his who's, partner who blows he, the worst farts. Yeah, the guy he has to team up with is a guy with the worst farts. So it's going to be... But does he get more power from really bad farts, from sniffing really bad farts? Yes. Yes. And so, so it's going to be like... He has uh, to keep feeding him horrible food. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, We got to go to the Shake Shack. Uh, uh, you're gonna you're gonna want to get Josh Gad. Josh you're have Gad. Josh Gad oh. as his partner. It's really bad farts. Make it a great. Movie. I think it could, it could be um, Benicio del Toro. It could be he's he had bad farts in the Usual Suspect set, but that wasn't the worst crime that people on that set were committing. What was it? Something with Kevin Spacey? I'm sure Brian Singer and Kevin Spacey were tag teaming a, a male Natalie Portman. And, you know, they no were one, going... No one cares about those lost boys. They're the lost boys No now. one cares about the lost boys. <laughs> <laughs> we are the lost boys. Oh, yeah, Corey's. Just imagine them. Corey's. Big... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Corey's. Come to... Summon the Corey's. And the Corey's just a bug-eating Corey Feldman. Yeah, like, Renfield-like. Shouldn't make... I shouldn't make fun. That's why he killed himself. Yes, that's Corey Ham killed himself because he was. Let's make fun of something else. Let's make fun of the movie that I saw this week, Awakenings. Awakenings. Yeah. Hey, what you doing? I have Parkinson's over here. Ah. <laughs> it's um Robin Williams, uh, Robert De Niro in oh. one of the saddest movies I've ever seen, besides maybe Elephant Man. Uh, Awakenings. I have also seen that movie for some reason. You know why I've seen that movie is because my grandfather had Parkinson's. So my my mother wanted to give me, yeah. here's a movie to teach you about Parkinson's. Okay. They didn't have Parkinson's though. So that's... What did they have? They had, there was a, an epidemic of encephalitis lethargica in like the okay. 20s or 30s. And that caused them all to, uh, a lot of these people to develop like, basically it became a degenerative disease kind of akin to parkinson's but worse mm -hmm. maybe in that i don't actually know if it's anyway that you become trapped in your own body is the is the yeah, main thing they can't move they not can't a speak. good life all they can really do is breathe 
and mm -hmm. get a feeding tube. I would, it's, okay, so, so Parkinson's versus Alzheimer's. Would you rather be trapped in your own body, Parkinson's. but it's still you, Parkinson's, or yes. lose your mind? Yeah, I agree, 100% Parkinson's. Also, because there is medicine for Parkinson's, and there's no yeah. medicine at all for Alzheimer's. You can treat Parkinson's. So anyway, it's, it, this is 1969, the summer of crazy love. Crazy summer love making, love. crazy fucking. Robin Williams is out there. You know, he's doing a lot of cocaine. Well, in the movie, Robin oh. Williams is playing a guy who's very bookish and nerdy and is not at all. Uh, he's playing the opposite of what Robin Williams is like. In no, but somewhere out there in, the, in 1969 is 23-year-old Robin Williams and he's doing cocaine and fucking boys in the ass. Oh, uh, yeah, he is Oh, probably, it's like a donut. Oh. He is probably... I don't know if he starts cocaine by that time or not, but maybe. He went to Juilliard. Sure. It's probably a Juilliard then. He was, doing, he was sucking off Christopher Reeve and doing cocaine at Juilliard. Yeah, they were doing cocaine together. They were both yeah. enjoying the full use of their unparalyzed spines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, then uh, in Awakenings, uh, all these people are trapped in their bodies like for 30 years, and Robert De Niro is one of them. And then uh, El Dopa, this drug El Dopa, gets invented, mm -hmm. and I so I had no I had no knowledge of this movie, and I was like, so when I was like, okay, they got this new drug, everybody, it's gonna be a happy movie, mm -hmm. it's gonna be a happy movie. They're gonna have this amazing mm -hmm. drug, they're gonna give it to everybody, they're gonna snap out of it, and they're gonna have a happy ending, and I'm gonna have a feel good time, and that's not yes, what Lorenzo's oil. It's gonna be like Lorenzo's that's oil. That's what happens. Um, no. Briefly, it's what happens, but then the, yeah. the drug Aldopa has, like, horrible side effects. Mm -hmm. Almost as bad as the disease. So, then the movie gets super sad. Um, and Robin Williams is up to his zany stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, maybe we'll try a little bit more. And oh, then, you know, a bit more. oh, you're coming out of a coma for 30 years. Let me show you about the, the dames that we have in the 60s. Look, it's Mamie Van Doren. Ho, ho. <laughs> That is kind of what, yeah, I mean, Robin, uh, Robert De Niro does fall in love with a dame, um, mm -hmm. and then he goes crazy. But then I gotta go back, I gotta go back into a coma, is that what you're telling me? Is that, I can't really, I wonder if I can, I don't, I can't do a Robert De Niro. It's very hard uh, to do one. Robert if, De Niro, it's all in the face, if you can't do it the face, you know, that's, Robert De Niro. What? Oh. He has very subtle performance. I can't do it. I'm a terrible impressionist. He's hard. He's hard to do. I can't even... I mean... He's not do, hard. De Niro's not hard to it do. Is, it's a hard, it's hard do. thing to do impressions on air when you haven't practiced them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't try, but... I, I Okay, try try a bunch of... Give me a bunch of names, and I'll try to do a bunch of impressions. Um, who's the guy that... Uh, okay, uh, let's see. <laughs> who's, who's the John Leguizamo? Jeez, <laughs> uh, I'm the pests. I'm a pesty little guy. I, I I'm pesting around, you know. I think he's got oh, a little lisp. It's John Leguizamo, and you know I'm right? coming to eat your pussy. I'm a sexy little guy. He used to be my favorite. That's who I would say was my favorite actor when I was little. Did you love the pest? Did you think you were the pest? No, I didn't. Did you... I wasn't allowed to see that one. I liked him for. Let me see. Why did I like him so? I liked much? him because he was clown in Spawn. I watched the Spawn yeah. movie like a thousand Spawn. times when I was a kid. Oh, I, was a huge I liked Spawn him for fan because of Romeo and Juliet. 
Romeo, he looks so fucking cool in Romeo and Juliet. He's yes. a little, he's a little greaser baddie. Yes. He's playing Tybalt. That's why I liked him. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. You love Romeo plus Juliet. You're yeah. a huge Romeo plus Juliet fan. What yeah. do you like about it? Um, I like, I just like uh, everything about it. You like its color scheme. You like yeah. its uh, hysterical nature. You like its its beautiful mid '90s soundtrack it's with radio the perfect, on it. It's kind of the perfect movie. <laughs> it is the perfect movie. The the dialogue, yeah, is Shakespeare himself. Is Shakespeare? Yes, right? it's and, literally Shakespeare, and it's delivered by some of the hottest actors of the nineties. Hottest <laughs> actors of the nineties when they were still Natalie Portman age. The only other movie that comes close is Clueless. Yeah, Clueless, um, and you know that's by that that's a Jane Austen ripoff, but they weren't even doing Austen. So my ideal movie day, movie night is okay. Yeah. Awakenings, Elephant Man, Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> Clueless. Actually, yeah. no. Clueless and then Romeo and Juliet. That would be perfect. I've told you my, my movie night, right? No. Showa. Okay. Showa again. <laughs> Showa. Yellow Submarine. <laughs> Showa. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. You think you could tolerate watching Showa four times in a row? Uh, maybe. One time at my grandma's house in uh, Manhattan, we were watching The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the old one. Ah, the Showa of children's literature. And then we accidentally switched to, to a different satellite TV station, and it was yeah. porn. Oh, no. And it was gay porn. Oh no! So, and it was like a bit. It was like a '90s big, big muscly dude with a big dick, like doing um, awesome aerobics. Yeah. <laughs> How did so that affect we you? Like, How quickly did your grandma get to the remote? It was just my cousin and me. We were like, "Whoa, whoa, what a great!" We were like, "Let's go back to that channel." <laughs> <laughs> you were just watching the Penis Man for a while. <laughs> yeah. Just out of curiosity, because I've never seen this before. Yeah, it's great. There's a big naked man doing aerobics on television. They got a naked man. Well, my cousin was, you know, from New York, so he's he's very experienced at things. Hey, you want to watch the naked man? Hey, I've seen this. He's like, hey, I've seen this before. What? You haven't seen this? (laughs) Do you don't have this station? You don't have this station? You don't have the naked man channel? What do you mean? This, everybody has this station. I'm I'm 11. Mm-hmm. You're like 12. Why don't you have this? You go Mr. Rogers, News, Hill Street Blues, Naked Man. There you go. It's all it's all you want. The other really good performance in uh, Romeo and Juliet is the guy that plays Mercutio. Uh, Mercutio, the guy who he I think he was on Lost eventually. Yeah, and he's in Oz. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's What's a good his he's name? a good character actor. What's his name? And he plays uh but Mercutio's a great role. Mercutio's the best role. You get to be a big uh, goofball. Harold Perrineau. Harold Perrineau. Yeah. Walt. He's in Walt. a lot. I mean, That's what he says. He's in he's in Walt. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. He's in Matrix. Yeah. Oh, who is he in the Matrix? Um Link. He's Link. From of Zelda. course he's Link in the Matrix. Link is a good character. 
I, I, I watched the uh, Reloaded and Revolutions recently. These are decent movies. Was it because you were getting I can't believe ready? I thought they were bad at the time. Was it because you were getting ready to watch the new Matrix? Yeah, but I haven't watched the new Matrix yet. I was just, people had been, oh, it's Matrix fever. Everyone loves the Matrix because it's coming out again. And so I watched the old ones. And yeah. they're pretty, pretty good movies. I, it's, it's weird that people hated Revolution so much. Because it's if you watch it right after Reloaded, it basically feels like the same movie as Reloaded, or like a as much a, as a direct continuation as possible. I guess because like a lot of the Wachowski ideas are very, I would describe them as histrionic. They're very like hokey and sentimental, uh, but in this very earnest way, which I find uh, refreshing, frankly. Hmm. You don't get it. You, 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 there's, there's uh, almost, almost Spielbergian, but Spielbergian is like too schmaltzy. I don't know. Mm, Spielberg. I, I, but I like Spielbergian. I'm Spielberg. a big. I love Spielberg. Mm. Whenever I say Spielberg, I always, um, I always go hmm, and then I take my glasses off and I stick one end of the glasses arm into my mouth and I really mm -hmm. like hmm, Spielberg. Mm -hmm. I really like to contemplate. Spiel, mm -hmm. Spielberg, as I say Spielberg. sometimes. Spielberg. Mm -hmm. What's your What's your favorite movie of his? Of uh, Spiel uh, Spielberg. Uh, Spielberg. Yaus. Yaus. Yeah, that movie. Yaus. Where instead of it's about the Holocaust, but the Jews are Yaus. The in the ocean. In the ocean, yeah. Yaus. Yaus. Dun 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 dun. Imagine we took the music from Jaws. Oh, you said Yows. I thought you were like the Art Spiegelman book Mouse, yeah, but no, no. Yows. No, no, Yows. But it was Schindler's List. No, it's Yows. But the, instead of the Jews, were they instead of mice, they were Yows. No, that's a big leap, but I was gonna, about to go to Schindler's List because it would be funny to switch the, um, the soundtracks with Jaws. <laughs> the Nazis are coming. <laughs> da, da, da. Nazis come. No, the the Schindler's List soundtrack, but then the Jaws soundtrack would be. Yeah, we should do that. We should recut both movies. Richard Dreyfus ends up eating, getting eaten either way. Does he get eaten in that movie? Sorry, he's not in Schindler's List. He's not in Schindler's List. He well, doesn't get eaten in Jaws. Only Quint gets eaten in Jaws. Hmm. If we switch the soundtracks, maybe we can switch the plot of Schindler's List and make it so that the Nazis are actually eating the Jews. Yeah. Or there's like a Nazi in the water at the beach. And <laughs> yeah. there's a Nazi in the water you at the see, beach. We can't close down the beach. You see a shark fin, but there's a Nazi armband on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Nazi shark. Yeah. The Jaws sequels are kind of like that. Really? Is it become a Nazi shark? They they put Hitler's mind into a shark. Yeah, that's what Michael Caine in the fourth. Ah, oh, no, we got to stop shark Hitler. I I can't do. It. I always go into Australian. Michael Caine's one of the easiest impressions to. He's thinking about here, Mister Wayne. Is we have to stop shark Hitler? And now I always go into Australia. Why do I always go into Australian now? Australian's my default <laughs> accent. It's how I think. I think like an Aussie now. It would be funny to redo uh, Breaking Bad, but instead of... Who is it that plays Jesse? Is it Jake Paul? 
It's it's Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. It's not one Jake of the Paul Paul is a YouTube. The, I knew it was person. one of the Pauls. Instead yeah. of Aaron Paul, it's um, it's uh, and uh, what's his? Who's the other guy? Brian Cranston. What is it? Brian what? Brian Cranston. The other guy. Brian Cranston. So instead yeah, of Brian, Brian Cranston. Cranston and Aaron Paul, it is um, guy we were just talking about. What guy we were just talking about? Michael Michael Kine. Michael so Kine. Michael Kine is the as uh, is, is Brian Cranston. Michael Kine. Jesse. <laughs> Who would play Jesse instead? I was thinking maybe Wesley Snipes. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, how about uh, how about Danny DeVito? It has to be a younger guy, right? But it's funny. Yo, Mr. White. Well, be, what would really be funny was if Michael Caine was Jesse and Brian Cranston hey, was Brian Haley Cranston. Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld. Haley Larry Steinfeld David. is Jesse. Larry David. Larry David is Jesse in Breaking Bad. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> he put chili pee in my bath. <laughs> That's my signature. A Mr. White. <laughs> it's the same voice. Larry David. Larry David and Jesse have the same voice. That would be good. That would be a good show. They should just do shows hey. where they switch out. The guy, well, should, like when they have computer, you know, computer video technology, and they don't have to use actors anymore, they'll it's show up. But all the faces are Larry David. Oh, the would... Holocaust! It was a terrible tragedy. Yeah, all that the faces would... and voices are See, replaced by that's, Larry David. That's coming pretty close to anti-Semitic propaganda. They starved us. They put us into pits. You know, they were lighting us on fire. I was, was having a terrible time. Uh, you're gonna be like that character. Um... Oh, did you see that movie? Uh, sorry, that TV show based on like the Philip Roth books about uh, America no. in the forties. If Charles Lindbergh became president, no, no, I heard that was good. It was good. You should watch it. It's very funny What's because it called? has um, John Turturro as okay as a Jewish guy who's working for the Lindbergh administration, and he's basically coming up with a plan to start the ethnic cleansing of the jews in america but well, yeah he's un he's kind of like this unwitting character who doesn't really believe what's happening and he thinks he's being patriotic by working for the Lindbergh administration it's very strange he's like a very evil character so it's very weird and mm -hmm. creepy watch sort of it. like a roy Cohn type maybe more powerful like as presented in the show this is like the president's yeah. Roy Cohn was pretty powerful. Okay. Let me, what was Cone the name of that? I'll have to look it up now. Uh, I just think, for some reason, I, I'm associating Al Pacino and John Turturro as Italians, and they're both playing sneaky backdoor men with ties to institutional power. No, uh, it's called The Plot Against Ameri America. Plot Against America. Yeah. It's on HBO. Check it out. Check it out on HBO. He's it's good. good. Maybe I'll watch it. You should. The show that I've been watching is Dexter. I've been, I got, because I watched the new Dexter, so I've gotten back into old Dexter again. It's huh. the worst show on earth. Yeah, you yeah. love bad TV. I, I have to be carried by my dark passenger. So what's I his problem? He can't, he can't stop killing people? So he can't stop killing people because when he was three years old, his, fa his, his stepfather, played by James Remar, was a cop who was fucking his CI, who was his mother, and then his mother was chainsaw murdered in a shipping container 
with Dexter in the shipping container as part of a gangland murder, and Dexter saw that when he was three, and that's what drives him, apparently, to murder. And so his caught father, Harry, he's got Harry's code, taught him how to be a killer because uh, Harry was disgusted at all the, all the killers being set free from the Florida penal system, so he's like, if I can train my murderer son to only kill bad guys, then I'll have created the perfect monster. So Dexter... He's a serial killer, but he only kills other killers. So it's kind of like it's not his fault that he's a serial killer. He's kind of like a Mm. vampire who is turned against his will. That Okay, so that's what's interesting about the show is that I can't tell if if like because all of the characters eventually reveal themselves to be not sympathetic or evil or wicked or selfish or awful in their own way. It's like it's almost like a critique of the police because all of the police characters are terrible and idiotic and incompetent and violent. <laughs> mm. And and they just make bad decision after bad decision. Um, and yeah, no character is redeemable. They're all awful people. I don't know if the show is trying to get you to sympathize with them though i think they're written in such a way as to be like oh no these are the cops and these are the good guys but i don't know maybe i want to give it more credit than that because dexter is always he abides by the code but the irony is you know he's always going outside of it he kills innocent people a bunch of times but then he just moves on because he's a sociopath so i think there is some actual depth to the show in that you know and, and not only is dexter you know, he's still a killer. He's still a malevolent, evil killer, but he has the mentality of a cop as well because he's been trained by a cop. And so he ha- he's like he, this, mm. this like uh, weird, uncomfortable representation of that institutional power run amok. In a way, he is like the golem, the story of the golem, where you put, you create this defender of the community and... Eventually, he goes too far because you create something that can't be destroyed. Because there's an arc in the show where Dexter, like Harry, finally walks in on Dexter in a flashback, and it, like, and Dexter is tearing apart a seri- another killer, and Harry starts throwing up because he realizes he's created a monster. But Who's then Harry? the show, Harry's James Remar, his uh, deceased father. Oh, he actually kills himself because he has created major Dexter. spoilers. Major spoilers for Dexter. If you haven't seen this show, I haven't that's seen terrible. it. Um, I think because you told me it was bad five years. It ago. is bad, but it's <laughs> it's trash. It's trash, but it's my type of trash. It's it's utter awful trash. And every season is Dexter versus another crazy serial killer. Except for season two, when his major enemy is a BPD art hoe that he meets at Narcotics Anonymous. Oh, I would have loved that season in college. Season two is great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Because you will be able to relate to Dexter because you, you yourself had trouble with the BPD Arto at one time. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Trouble. You're under the sue. state of allegations. I am going to get the state of Canada to sue you. <laughs> if, hey, if Canada joins America, you guys are going to be one state, okay? Mm-hmm. Hope you're ready. Hope you're ready to work it out with the, the um, trucker convoy. Yeah, that's what's been going on. But uh, I don't know. It's it's nothing. What? Apparently, Just... they're blocking. Um, I think it's like a minor development called Ottawa. 
Ottawa. Yeah. I have I have Small not heard of this. Small city called Ottawa. Small city heard, that nobody cares. Yeah, about. I haven't really heard of Ottawa before, but apparently there are camps in in. Is it like a dam? It's yeah, Ottawa. they're 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 in a ditch. <laughs> oh, it's it's you guys name your ditches. Yeah, we we name our ditches. <laughs> we name our dishes after famous prime. That's Diefenbaker's ditch. That's and after our prime minister John Diefenbaker. Uh, what? Uh, well, um, what do you think about these truckers? Do you think um, the Justin Justin Trudeau should go in there? No, it doesn't matter. They don't represent any significant block of anything. They're just a loud assortment of people that well, are they being got, goaded. They got a weapon. They got big trucks, and apparently they got more big trucks than you guys have uh, tow trucks. And I'm, when I'm saying yeah. you guys, I'm lumping you in with the establishment because yeah. that's what this kind of a... Of a well, that's I represent the establishment. I'm, I'm pro-Trudeau. I'm a Trudeau guy, you know. Well, that, this kind do, of... Do you think there's a guy who, like, when Trudeau did blackface, some guy was like, hey, I like this guy. Yes. <laughs> hey. he, she stood up and cheered. I didn't like him before, but, man. Yeah, it's, uh, um, it's Morty's... He's telling the truth. Morty's dad is that kind of guy in Rick and Morty. Yeah. Morty's dad would be Morty. like, yeah. There you go. He's a party guy. Because He's a Morty, fun guy. That kind of guy is the kind of guy who also has a picture of him in blackface mm -hmm. hidden away in a yearbook somewhere. Thinks which, it's funny, yeah. Of which, I mean, count count the number of high schools and the number of years there were since that has been acceptable. And there's one guy per high school per year, yeah, guaranteed. Look, in 1995, everyone went as OJ for Halloween. You can't hold that against <laughs> white people. It was just the zeitgeist, you know. <laughs> Dude, the 1995 Halloween, um, like if we got access to people's personal photo collections, we could cancel. 100 million Americans. Mm -hmm. 100 think, million Americans dressed as OJ think for of 1995. That. Think of that. They One, were dressing their babies as OJ. You know. That's every <laughs> single white person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every single white person in America dressed as OJ Simpson for 1995 Dude. Halloween. Just interviewing white people on the street. We didn't know. It was a different yeah. time, you know. They were different standards. And they, they, I, they, they interview black people, and the black people are like, "Yeah, well, that was like, um, that was like a nightmare day that we didn't go outside. That, <laughs> we didn't go outside that day because yeah. all the white people were wearing blackface. So yeah, no, it was terrible. Yeah, bad time for yeah, black it, people. Hey, They've had it hard enough as it is. I was only five. I didn't know any better. Yeah, so you can you can't be blamed for your blackface. Uh, well, I didn't know. We would make our own costumes. And in 1995, I went as a pirate. Yeah, I went as Nicole Brown Simpson, so I'm, I was, I yeah. was safe. Uh, it was okay. <laughs> Next year, I went as Napoleon. Yeah. Next like, year, I went as Ron Goldman. <laughs> <laughs> it was just OJ costumes all throughout my life. Wow, you, know? you went as Ron Goldman. Yeah. When I was 14, I went as Lance Ito, which was cutting it a little close, you know, oh, I because I was doing the were... yellow face. Damn. So which, but it was 2004, and everyone was doing yellow face at that time. Is that true? No. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> the people doing that, I don't even like saying... Saying that one even sounds dirtier than saying blackface to me, but I guess it's not. Yellow face sounds dirtier? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It sounds It's just awful. Because it sounds like someone's peeing in your face? Well, I kind of think yell that doing yellow face persisted longer in our culture than blackface. 
Oh, absolutely. There's an episode in How I Met Your Mother's but, last season where they're doing Yellowface. I don't know. And it's but like it did, real bad. Do it on, <laughs> did, does, it, does, does that ever even happen in 30 Rock? Because we know, we know what happens in 30 Rock. We know what happens in 30 they're Rock. They're fucking racist scumbags. They're racist scumbags on 30 Rock. All of the... Uh, I want, I'm not going to defend the blackface jokes on 30 Rock, <laughs> but... It's funny how often Tina Fey makes specifically Jane Krakowski dress up in blackface. Like she has her uh, do blackface not once but twice in. Yeah, in, and then Jane Krakowski is like, "I was just rock. following orders," and then everyone is like, "Yeah, I bet yeah. Nuremberg Jane." Um, the last person to get away with the blackface and people are like culturally fine with it was probably Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, right? Yeah, I don't know why Have people uh, well, all reevaluated the Zoomers, that movie. Right? All the Zoomers are confused as fuck by that, right? That's that's been documented online. I guess so. Um, yeah, the Zoomers but, are like, why are you guys defending him? I guess the idea is like, so people who would defend that say. Well, the joke is he's an idiot, right? So it's an idiot doing this. You're not supposed to think it's a good thing to do. You're supposed to marvel at his idiocy. They also are, do it I, in... I, I, in the movie, though, it is a good thing for him to do because it, it does help them. I, I guess. I don't like, know. I don't like think so. It does help them out in their mission. Does it? I don't remember. I think it that does. Happening. I think it's like always a point of the no, because they have the Al Pacino character, the gay, the gay rapper who's like always well, that, see, confronting. See, we don't have to. The whole point of the only the real way to defend it is like that it's funny. And that yeah, it's okay I guess it's it funny. is. It is funny. It's very <laughs> funny. And it's really not that racist about being funny. Yeah, I, I, yeah, just the name Lincoln Osiris makes me <laughs> so fucking dumb. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I don't. I. I can't have a referendum on this. I don't think I would attempt to do a blackface joke nowadays. I don't know. Are there still people doing blackface jokes nowadays? Yeah, there are. I mean, stand up hasn't like become a whole. Le wokeism. Le wokeism. Yeah. It has uh, people were on Jimmy Carr for making a, a gypsy genocide joke. Yeah. Which was, uh, that's, people thought that was important. That's, that's always a strange one to me. Well, w Jimmy Carr is, because he like once made a joke about, he, he had his roughest joke was, uh, if we invest, uh, if we invest more in malaria medication, we can save millions of mosquitoes from dying needlessly of AIDS. No, wait, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Something like some some bad joke. If we invest more in mosquito netting, we can say if we, if we invest more in mosquito netting, we can. I'm misremembering a joke is one of the most painful AIDS things. Because everyone the mosquitoes has AIDS. won't get. Yeah, because all of the mm. Africans have AIDS. That was his, his roughest yeah. joke. That he Would said. it be better if you. Would that joke be more offensive or less offensive if you swapped out Ebola for AIDS? Uh, I, I think it's more offensive with AIDS for some reason. Mm. I don't know why. AIDS is very well, offensive. What if you did it with COVID? I feel like all these mosquitoes are save mosquito. saving the mosquitoes from getting COVID. doesn't hit as well because it's a less 
it's a less a sensational COVID, COVID disease. doesn't imply butt sex, I think. Yeah, that's the thing with AIDS is he's, it still has that gay stigma. I'm, so people think it's so, like, oh, people are, it, people are doing it in the brown. Someone, and, but I remember the propaganda, though, that was like that anal sex is more likely to transmit AIDS. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. And they were like, funny. because of like the, you get the bleeding and the tearing because these. Because you have the shit. Because it's like. You have the shit in your asshole. Yeah, no one, because yeah, no one knows how to do anal sex, I guess. Yeah. Everyone's an idiot. They don't know about lube or enemas. Because everyone has little cuts in their asshole. Everybody knows that everyone gets little cuts in yeah. their asshole. It's the Protestant mindset of Protestants who routinely yeah. put a light bulb up their ass. They routinely put a light bulb. Yeah. They routinely put thistles up their assholes. They're like, I have sinned. The only way I can mm-hmm. atone is by putting a light bulb inside of my ass and clenching really hard. Mm-hmm. And then you hear, that's why at the bank sometimes when the teller messes up counting, you hear a little like tinkle sound. Like, ksh- yeah. And like, yeah, that's but it's like they... it's like a dampened crushing noise. Yeah. So it's like... That's them clenching <laughs> yeah. their asshole. Yeah. And then thousands of shards of glass are just instantly going into their pelvic area. Mm. Mm-hmm. Making for a spiky little dinner. It's like when you eat too many uh, uh, t- tortilla chips and you yeah. get the spiky poops. You get you get spiky poops from tortilla chips. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever just? <laughs> You ever just eaten like a full triangle of a tortilla chip and it just goes down your throat and oh. it's just dragging down? Yeah, I can feel it. Doesn't now. break down, yeah. But it came out it came out as a tortilla chip too? It came because it was corn based, so it was pretty resilient in the old I feel like if all you there. eat is tortilla chips for maybe four or five days, you could maybe poop out one small full like if you pick the right one, it could mm-hmm. make the journey through. The whole, the whole way. The whole chip, the whole frito. I would try it with fritos. Okay. I add an H to fritos. Can you hear yeah. my H that I add? Fritos. Frijitos? Is that how you pronounce? <laughs> fritos. I add fritos. a little H. Like you know how fritos. Hank Hill yeah, adds an H. You're aspirating it. You're Hank aspirating Hill, it. Right. He adds an H to what? 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 Fritos. Damn it, Bobby. Yeah. What? Water. Get that water. Hey, let's go to the Vietnamese restaurant. They have sriracha sauce. <laughs> they must know, like, uh, I guess, like, they, they know Lao- Laotian people were. Because that's the thing about Texas is there's a lot of South Asian families in Texas. Yeah. Yep. It's, they, uh, they, um, they run Southeast all the donut Asian shops. Families. Fam- famously uh, in Texas. All the donut shops are run by Asian people. Which is that's not a as, thing. So that became that that becomes a local stereotype. That's interesting, um, and that's actually kind of related to a topic that uh, was breached, broached on the on different podcast. I think it was the Trillbillies. Mm-hmm. You remember how um, every place used to have their own like local small celebrities from yeah. TV and radio. Yeah, from the local news. Or just There's like a Toronto guy that everybody knows. They would also sometimes have not just news, but like radio shows that were funny. Like there was the local shock jock for a period yeah. of time, or there was a competing local shock jocks. So. Yeah, Mad Dog in the morning. Mad Dog would be the celebrity. Yeah, who is our be guy? The, the guy, the mattress guy, who has a great kooky ad, and mm-hmm. that's absolutely all, like in that, Toronto. We have Oliver from Oliver Jewelry, or we have folk heroes like Xanta. Ooh, who's Xanta? 
Xanta was a mentally ill, uh, muscular man with a goatee who would go shirtless and in camo shorts even in the winter with a Santa hat. And he would like do a bunch of push-ups and get up in people's faces and then ask him, ask people if they wanted him to do push-ups and people would say yes and he'd do a lot of push-ups. That sounds cool. That sounds kind uh, of like what I want to be. Yeah, but he was, and he was, his story was he was trying to, he would go in the background of various news shots and like city TV and promote himself. And he was trying to get his daughter back. I guess that was his story. Sounds a lot like my future. Worker. Xanta. <laughs> Xanta. Yeah. Uh, Legend of Xanta. Okay. Yeah, okay uh, yes. I live on the sidewalk. That does not mean that I do not have rights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be There's me. lots of movies like that. Well, I was thinking like uh, you could joust cars. It'd be a good way of mm-hmm. protesting society. Like like uh, Don Quixote. Yeah. Go against the cars. You start fighting cars as your enemy. Yeah, with a big um, a big jousting pole. Big jousting pole. That's the most effective weapon against cars. I think. I guess they're called lances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I call it my jousting pole. My jousting rod. Yeah. People really need to get into lances. You know, you see all these nerds with samurai swords. See all these nerds with katanas. They what they need is a lance. They've been neglecting the lance. You know the everyday carry subreddit. Uh, no, no. What it's is everyday carry? Guys, the, the goobers who post um, what they carry every day, and it's always like a handgun and a Swiss Army knife yeah. and a pair of Ray Bans and a, a really cool wallet with a mountain logo and That's funny. another knife and another gun and some ammunition and some jerky, some some loose some loose yeah. corn nuts, a you condom. Know. Yeah. <laughs> just in case you know <laughs> just in case a pocket-sized version of the turner diary just in case the pickup line hey do you want to look at all the stuff i got in my pockets <laughs> yeah <laughs> why don't you wear a purse what what did you say to me <laughs> yeah so i want to start posting on that subreddit but with like uh, my lance my chain mail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> helmet with a visor, helmet without a visor, in case it's not they're, sunny. <laughs> they're everyday carry. It's just like a, it's 12 dildos that you wear around your chest like a bandolier. Okay. <laughs> and you, you can throw them out and throw them at people. That, they come sir, back. that is not what a squire. That's not the proper attire of a squire. You're telling me my dildo bandolier. Will not get me into the Renaissance fair? You, you sir, went, are a Renaissance Nazi. If you went back in time to the Middle Ages, you know what they would say to you? What would they say? Like, my lords, we found the first male Jewish witch. <laughs> <laughs> I am aware. I am the sons of the witches that what? you couldn't burn. You're wearing a dildo necklace? Yeah. They'd, put, they'd throw you in the dungeon. My dildos are clacking together. My dildos present an ominous wind on the horizon. Portend you. We heard he castrates foals and makes a, makes a potion from yeah, the castrated it, foals. Yeah, make it from the foal juice. So uh, about them foals. Legends of the foal. About them foals we're castrating. Uh, this has been a mighty long job interview. So I think yeah. I got an idea of what it's like working for... What was the name of that farm again? There's a Medulla Ranch. Medulla, Medulla Ranch. Medulla Oblongata. Where we castrate foals with the Scream Boys and the Taunton Boys. Well, Mr. Medulla, much Oblongata. All right. Well, you're hired. <laughs>